I am unashamed. What about you? So we're in Hebrews 12 uh, on the Unashamed podcast. And, you know, we're glad you guys are kind of along with us on this this journey. It's a, uh, it, I call it a Robertson-style Bible study, which sometimes we get a little loud, we get a little fired up, you know, and that's just kind of the way it, we grew up studying the Bible. I mean, it's well, just, what you got to remember, it's our, it's our, it's the way we did it. And so I now, studied this last night about midnight because that's my usual schedule. I think better late at which night. is so funny. I'm just the opposite. I get up early when and do mine in the morning. So now, me and Willie have decided that we don't do anything well at eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> Yesterday, nothing. Yesterday, uh, there was three women on the premises. Miss Kay and the ones that look after her. She's getting old, so they're all. She ain't in alone. There. Thanks for that. It's women Boy. talk. Then just listen to it. It was like women talk. Eh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Tackling hens, uh, I, I would say. Well, Gordon Dasher called me. That's Zach's dad. We're writing a book together. He's. I'm giving him Bible verses and just lines of thought and uh it all springs from some somebody said i was a unhinged some kind of nutcase whatever and gordon took that he said you know do you feel unhinged that's what they say you are so we started right there well 45 minutes later i had all these verses written down for each chapter in the book and i'm giving them to to, to gordon and i'm not realizing that my voice I'm raising my voice. To speak over the cackling. Well, you yeah. rang my ears yesterday during the podcast <laughs> yeah, no. without a shotgun. I, I found <laughs> myself. so loud that my ears yeah. were just ringing. Well, I noticed about a fourth of the way into the 45 minute to about one hour. Uh, dissertation. Dissertation. About five minutes in, I looked up and the women were just scrambling for the door. They were, <laughs> yeah. they were getting out of Dodge. The women were leaving, and it, and I was just left with all these verses in front of me. We're gonna put in the book, or at least I'm gonna run them by Gordon and tell, ask him what he thinks. So I mean, it just piled on top, and I, hey, 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 and it just got louder and louder. <laughs> Usually, the dogs started howling. The dogs got out of there too. Everybody left. Well, it was a forty-five minute rant, and Gordon, <laughs> what I he laughed. He said, "Whoa!" And you pretty much cleared the house. I said, and that is the heart of the book. I said, Dash, you got it? And he was writing down. He said, what's that now? Which one of these is what? He said, what? Second Peter? What? And we were just going. But it went for about 45 minutes. So you're the, you're the. In I this... just kind of laid back in my chair. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so said, in that scenario, in the in the barnyard scenario, just, Dad just described, you got the chickens running around, and then you got the rooster that has to get up on his haunches and crow loudly to say, I'm still the rooster. If You're the rooster of the story. had taped me, maybe the government got it. I hope they'll run it one of these days. But if they had taped that, <laughs> they would have said, who in the world is that? It was just one well, after the, the other. People who don't believe you, you might come across as angry. <laughs> But you're just excited. You're just excited. I was just excited. I mean, I got all fired well, up. Well, I got excited at I midnight. lost my voice in about 45 minutes. Uh, it, it can happen. The common theme of excitement is a study of God's Word. 
and the discussion of it. Right. It's exciting. And because exactly because that's how you learn stuff. That's how you learn new things that you didn't know before. Look, I've been studying Hebrews for 40 years, but last night I got confirmation just in my study. I think I brought it up a couple podcasts ago that I hadn't really noticed. And just a quick review before I say this profound statement that, you know, here we are in Hebrews 12. We determined that in our humble opinion that we feel really strong about that these witnesses were in reference of them witnessing the promises of God being fulfilled and that God is a keeper of his word. It's impossible for him to lie. And they saw it as crazy as the promises were. It's going to rain even though you've never seen that happen. You need to build an ark. You're going to have a kid at 100. Give him up. Sacrifice him to me and I'll bless you. What? (laughs) All these different stories. Many are called in the middle of all of it. Many are called. Few are chosen. Yeah, it, it's almost scary to, to to read something. By the way, I've learned more in the last since we've been studying Hebrews than I've learned in the last fifteen years. <laughs> well, good. These well, two, me too. Two books. Uh, y'all are y'all are. Uh, well, it's such a rich study. Yeah. So You're not theologians. Well, we're reviewing. Yet, no, no. Oh no. Well, we're 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 just reviewing. But then we also said that there was. He's picturing. He's given these. These people who had put their faith and trust in a Jewish system because they were from Israel, that there's a new era here. And God has chosen to speak through his son, Jesus. And the time frame of this is that when Jesus ascended to the right hand of God, he basically conquered sin because he died on a cross for everyone's sins. So you don't need these ritualistic sacrifices of these animals anymore that's over and he he showed that you could be raised from the dead but by ascending to the right hand of god which he starts off in hebrews 1 3 he reminds here in 12 2 that jesus sat down at the right hand of the throne of god he introduced a, a a point here that a human god became a human he was tempted in every way just as we were yet was without sin but that same man, you remember in Acts 1, in the account, it says this same Jesus, this, this being that became a man, will come back just the way you saw him leave. But he entered and sat down at the right hand of God, which tells us, to get to the point here, that a human being can enter the presence of God in heaven itself, Yep, which is what heaven is. Yep. It's not, contrary to all the sermons you've heard, it's not so much about the place itself and what it looks like and whether it has gold streets. Yep. It's entering the presence of God, and Jesus paved the way for us to do that. So I made a point in the overtime that in John 14 of the last podcast, that everybody views that when Jesus said, I mean, look, what is the most quoted verse in a funeral? It is that, well, Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us. Mm-hmm. And, but we as, as human beings, we think he's a million miles away up there building on a house. Yeah. A giant house. Building a mansion. It's got to yeah, be a mansion. He's a carpenter, so he's building the house. Got to be a mansion. Look, it's over he's the hilltop. preparing a place for us, not just when we die, but while we're alive, which is now. And so I read that in the overtime that when you get to Hebrews 12, 22, 
And he, in the present tense, says, you have come to Mount Zion, which is the opposite of Mount Sinai in this illustration, Mm -hmm. which is what? In the presence of the king. That's where the king was. We've come to the presence of the king. Now, he's at the right hand of God. And this is done through faith. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You say, well, yeah, but that's later. No, that's now. So the city of the living God through faith is moving around on planet Earth because of the power of the Holy Spirit that he unleashed. He told his disciples and apostles the same thing he tells us in Acts 1. You'll get the power. Now you go out there and be my spokesman, be my ambassadors. And guess what? They did. God worked with them. Nothing has changed since then. No. We're in the same era. I like the way John put it. How great is the love, John chapter 3, who was there and recorded a lot of text. How great is the love the Father has revealed, lavished on us, that we should be called the children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. (laughs) Dear friends, now we are children of God. What we will be has not yet been made known, but we know that when He appears... We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this yep. hope purifies himself just as he's pure. It sounds like he Perfect verse. Perfect verse, because that is Everyone what's who happen. sins breaks the law. In fact, it's, sin is lawlessness. But you know that he appeared so that he might take away our sins. And in him, here and now, is no sin. Yep. No Jesus. one who lives in him keeps on sinning. He can't see him because he's has either seen him or known him. That's Don't let anybody verse. lead you astray. You know, you do what's right. But you look at it and you say. It's a great verse because he's at the right hand of God. Yep. He makes intercession for us. He's perfected us because of his grace. He's going to say, uh, you know, in 15, don't miss the grace of God because you can't miss the grace of God in all this. But the point being is he's brought us to the perfect parent. I mean, Jesus has brought us to God, the Father, back to the Father. We're sons and daughters. We have that relationship. We have Jesus as Lord. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that he unleashes in this world through us, through this city that has no walls, that we move around as, you know, we'll come together and they'll be part of the city together and we'll sing and we'll worship. But we're part of the city of the living God in these unseen realities. And that's what this list is. And in 22 through 24. So the race that we're running, it that is this life. It is yep. a life in Christ filled with the Holy Spirit. So today we're going to talk about, well, what are the two things that keep us from running the race? And he addresses them. The weights that hinder and the sin that entangles. Because... You just think the number one, and probably the number one thing is sin in the camp. I mean, it's going to be hard for you to point people to Jesus if you're tangled. And I, I think of a picture of seeing a, you know, a real backlash. And, and the more you try to fix it, it's like the worse it gets until eventually, you know, the best way to fix that, we got to cut the line, get all that off. And get some new line, <laughs> which is really a, a picture of what happens in our life. So uh, I think we should talk about that today. So these are the two things uh, 
Now that first one is what I really had. Where's your verse? The uh, verse is it one? Yeah, one. Yeah, twelve so, one. Twelve one says, "By such we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders." Or, or what is the other? Uh, there's another translation to that that says, "The things that weigh us down." Because here's where I had the epiphany. Yeah. So, so so easily entangles is what this version says. Well, that's the sin. That's the second one. But these yeah. are two different things. You know, I, I used to think that that was one thing. And here's kind of the epiphany I had. So if you believe that the next few verses are going to talk about God's as a father and his discipline as the perfect parent and, and allowing us to go through hardship as, as disciplined and that are better for us, it hit me that I really believe that these things that weigh us down are actually positive things. Because there's always going to be a battle in these two things of, look, of doing what? Of putting off the old self, which is our sin, yep. look, and putting on the new self, which are good things. But what happens to people sometimes when they are blessed by God? Those blessings are not well received. They, it then becomes a catalyst. You know, we can't handle being famous or we can't handle... Whatever the blessing is, a lot of material wealth. So those things were blessings from God, but our attitude made these things weigh us down and become unproductive. And, and I'm going to give you a point. It's like when I look at my own life, and the reason I think this is true. So, you know, we had literally a baby fall from heaven. And, you know, what a blessing. Well, guess what? That can be a weight. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm looking at my poor wife about five months. Taking into care that. of widows and orphans, it takes on a new meaning sometimes. Jason. So I shared this with her, and look, I did a new TV show. Guess what? It was great. People liked it. It was well received. You know, we we may do some more. I mean, you know, the, the, all these things that happen. But you know, in the moment when you become consumed by that, it can become a weight. Yep. Even this podcast, we do so many podcasts. That I've thought to myself, ooh, man, there's a lot of... Hang, hang on, Jason. Let's, so, let's take a break. So, you know, when you're buying sheets, they've always make a big deal out of thread counts, but that's really a bit of a myth because it doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have if they're not made out of good quality product, right? Sure. I mean, you could have 10,000 quality sheet, you know, thread count, but if the threads are not good... Not very good. So Bolin Branch, uh, one of our favorite sponsors, they have great sheets. Uh, they use the very best organic cotton uh, that's found on the earth. They are beloved by three U.S. presidents, which is pretty good. Uh, they don't have toxins and pesticides and things like that. Uh, just simply the best uh, sheets you'll ever find. They give you a 30-night risk-free trial, which is great. So you get to check them out for a month. Free shipping, free returns if you don't like them, but you will. So get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use the promo code Robertson at bowlandbranch.com. That's B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch, bowlandbranch.com. Use the promo code Robertson, save you some money, and enjoy a good night's sleep. My point is, all of a sudden, these blessings 
of, of God. And I'm just using my own personal life as experience. But everybody could sit here. I guarantee you, every believer on the face of the planet, you could write down things that are actually blessings from God that you can look at. Maybe your attitude has made them a weight. Because it all is just attitude. I mean, and so, because when I shared this uh, with Missy, you know, you have these epiphanies. I woke up this morning, she came in, I said, now look, Hebrews 12. I said, you got two different things. It was like she just walked in in the middle of the conversation. She's just standing there, you know, getting a bottle ready. I said, there are things that keep us from not running the race. And I said, they may be blessings. She said, what do you mean? I said, it's like that baby you have in your arms. I said, it's a gift from God. I said, but it could weigh us down if our attitude got off track. Just the sheer volume of physical exertion and <laughs> with everything else going on. And she's like, now you're on to something now. <laughs> I mean, because she was saying, yeah, yeah. that, that it, it could be. But she's living. So, and I think if you look, if you if put it into these two categories of what I'm trying to say, because I'm kind of rambling here. If you put it on putting off the old self, which we had not talked about that yet, the sin that's so easily entangled. Now, sin's always wrong in whatever sin it is. Yep. That, that's going to tangle you up. and keep, That's something we're all going to struggle it's with. It's always hanging. It's there. always hanging. <clears throat> but there's also, we have to be on our guard about the positive things that happen that become weights that we have trouble dealing with and looking at with the proper attitude. So now I think that one is about growth because he spent a lot of time in Hebrews talking about maturing and growing. So I think the weights are going to be in the growth process. You know, when you're young and you have success, it's harder to deal with it. You know why? Because you're not mature enough yet. Yep. I mean, when you look at the examples, especially like Hebrews 6, when he says, you know, a crop that, comes up in a field or, or, you know, a land that is cursed that can't produce a crop. Well, in the growth phase of Christianity, Jesus constantly uses this comparison to crops growing. But, you know, it's a long process from a kernel of corn going in the ground to being covered up, rain hitting it. Here comes a stalk. You're a long way from that thing getting ripe, the fruit. then producing the fruit, and then it Receding. And so I think with the weights in our life and, you know, what the Christianese language, they say the seasons of life, you know, you're in a you're in a tough season. Well, that's part of growing. And I think those things should be identified as, OK, I need to have the right perspective here. And, but, you know, we read the we read in the overtime. I read first Corinthians nine. We talked about training when you were talking about weights a minute ago. I thought, I mean, a lot of people train using weights, right? I mean, the idea is the resistance against your, your muscle breaks down and tears the muscle and it grows bigger and it allows you to do more. I mean, all these professional athletes we see, they have a gift and ability and bodies, but they have to push the limits of their bodies to be able to compete well, right. in what they do. Which so. is why he's going to talk about the Lord's discipline, because he's going to get to hardship. Yep. Look, hardship are blessings from God so that we can have perspective. Mm -hmm. But we look at, and they become weights. We're not, we're not talking about sin. You know, we're not talking about the problems resulting from your own sin, because what I was going to say is you have growth, and you have a need for discipline. All of us do. But then we also have this warfare aspect of battling the old self. So there's 
you know, you have the old self, new self, you have the growth aspect of Christianity, of running the race, and you have the warfare aspect, which is part of the warfare is you're always going to be battling your sin or somebody else's. I mean, those, when you think what causes the problems in life, okay, we live in a world where there are spiritual forces of evil. We have the Ephesians 6. We live in a world where physical death occurs. Mm -hmm. So I'm just listing the things that cause problems in our life. We live in a world where our own sin will cause us trouble. It's going to happen. And you live in a world where somebody else's sin. And it never ends. It's going to cause you trouble. Those four things are basically the reason why life is difficult. Now, interesting enough, Jesus came here to redeem all four of those things. He crushed the evil one and the spiritual forces of evil. He conquered the grave and he gave forgiveness for sin, but not only forgiveness, he gave a way to start over, which would be the the one where somebody else's sin caused you problems. You, you know, when a kid is abused, well, they didn't do anything, yep. especially sexually abused or whatever. Yep. The only way they're ever going to be able to start over is, you know, God intervening and through the cross of Jesus and through the bigger picture and eternal what helped, life. What helped me a lot, Jason. To start over. And you're on the right track. Since then, this is 2 Corinthians 5, 11. Since we know what it is to fear the Lord, we try to persuade men. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it's plain to your conscience. We're not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but uh, are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us so that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than in what's in their heart. If we're out of our mind, it's for the sake of God. If we're in our right mind, it's for you. For Christ, another motivator, first you fear him. God is no one to mess with. Loving God. For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. He died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. All these blessings and the sins that are always crouching on your right and you, but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on, this is uh, electrifying. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. That's the enemy around us. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, didn't know him, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God, and it sounds like Hebrews, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, bring people mm -hmm. together that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. Yeah. He has continued to us, he's committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. Just think about it. Spirit-filled oh, exactly. people going forth. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. That's all we're trying to do here. God made him, and it all, this is the Hebrew, sounds just like him. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, mm -hmm. so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. 
Therefore, as God's fellow workers, receive God, don't receive God's grace in vain. Now's the time when I heard you. Now's the day of salvation. So that's a pretty good wrap-up. No, it feels the perfect description of the new era. I mean, this Jewish mindset, they were going back into back rooms and sacrificing animals, and they were having people come and wait outside, and Jesus came along, and now he says the new era is, oh, we're going out there. But, we're going out into and the Jace, actual they, they were world. Not only that, they were mean about it. They were mean. All right. You're going out to the world, and you're delivering them a way to get redemption, a way to get your body back out of the ground. I mean, we're it literally changed how the world, uh, the interaction between God's people and the world by what Jesus did, which is what the whole book of Acts, look, love, they all went out. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness. And I also, I also understand the difficulty they were having because it was such a watershed moment. Let's take another break. I thought about this yesterday, Jason. Well, it is a tough walk if you look well, at it. Well, and so here's the deal about giving up and going back. So, you know, I heard yesterday on the radio, 1982, yesterday's date, whatever it was, 1982, so it was 40 years, the very first compact disc was put up for sale. Billy Joel was the singer. It was his, he made the first CD. And the CD cost $25 for one CD. And the player to play it cost about $2,000. It's brand new. First time everybody's going to do it. Now, up until this point, everybody, including us, Duck Commander, we, we had cassette tapes. We had our cassette player. We had built up our cassette library. Little tapes. That's how we play things. And so then all of a sudden somebody says, we got this new thing. It's called the CD, the compact disc. And they give you the price. And everybody says, whoa, wait a minute. Who would, who's going to do that? We're not doing that. We're not going to give up all of our cassettes that we've had all this time. My cassette player in my car works perfectly. So, and then how long did it take before everybody had CDs, including us, making you know our CDs and DVDs? It was a mass turnaround. So my point is, just like that in a simple way, it's hard to walk away from something you're comfortable with because you've always known it. So the new thing sounds like it's too costly. I think that's the mindset of the Hebrews. Well, it's you know. just hard to wrap your head around that you've, the creator became a human. Yeah. I mean, because that's what kept getting back to Jesus. And it's just, they're like, that's just some guy. Y'all are, y'all are, he's a great guy. Let's just <laughs> hang on. Now he's at the right hand of God. Right. What? He's he's pouring his spirit out in us. I mean, you're look, talking about the guy from Nazareth. Yeah. It just <laughs> now look, I'm 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 Can anything them. good come out of Nazareth. <laughs> exactly. Defending their, I mean, look, they. I'm just saying, I understand why the Hebrew writer has spent all this time to try to get them to this moment to accept the new era. That's what yeah, this exactly. is all about. But what I'm more, what I want to do for our listeners is because look in the practical way, and what does this mean for my life? <clears throat> I think based on what we just read, you need to ask yourself two questions. I need to, how am I going to battle sin in my life? Cause that's never going away there. There, you know, you read Romans seven, if you want a picture of that, but Paul, I think almost bewilderingly, 
confusingly tried to describe the daily walk with battling our own sin. You know, he's like, what I don't want to do, I keep doing. I don't want to do this. Jace, your famous line comes to my attention. Boys, the only rule we have (laughs) is that there are no rules. We're out from under law. But there's a battle. There's an inward battle that, Sin is so, it's so easy to get entangled. I've had two or three conversations just this week, and which is a normal week. I mean, we're out there talking about how we can cheer Jesus in the world, but there's a constant battle of somebody did something stupid or, you know, there's a problem or like, you know, one conversation I, get I had. I can't, all the time. I can't go into detail about all this, but, you know, there's, there's a, there's, which the other question I was going to say is, and how do we handle success? How are we battling sin and how are we battling, you know, dealing with success? Because those are the two things I think is being addressed here. These things that hinder us, I don't think they were negative things. I, I think it was just, like I said about the illustration, having a new baby or having, well, those are, that's a success. You have a gift from God. Now, how, what are you going to do about it? Or you have a ministry that's rolling. What are you going to do about it? And I'm going to give you an example. So like, somebody calls you and says, hey, uh, look, we need to, I need to, the mother says, we're giving this baby up. Y'all want him? Or her? Is it a female or a female in it? The baby. No, no it's, it's a boy. It's a boy. Well, yeah, it, so it was a success story. It, it's a success story. a baby story. if you want him. And what, so what, what, what did y'all do? Just start scrambling or say, whoa? We, well, we started praying and we started uh, getting spiritual people's advice who we figure were mature and uh and through that process we're like when god calls you to do something you do it and so to your your point though jays if if you took that verse to mean that that was bad then you would just say well we can't do that that's going to be hard Exactly. And it has been hard. And what I'm saying is I had to have an attitude adjustment throughout this process. And that's what you throw times. off is the attitude. I got to throw off the ad- It was my attitude. It was a gift from God. It was a success. I'm going to give you another example. So it's something I got in. I mean, I'm I'm not going to share people's personal struggles and I'll do this in a way. You know, what does the movie say? I'll change the uh, names to protect bit. the innocent yeah. <laughs> but, or guilty. So, so there's a ministry, you know, the people involved in the ministry, they've been highly successful. I mean, just awesome. But with success becomes a potential for weight. And here's what I mean. So two of the, uh, two of the people working in this ministry, it's a million miles away, so people would never know this, but, but there was a guy and a girl who were both, they're married to other people, but they work in the same little thing. Well, you know, somebody came to me and said, eh, they seem a little bit too friendly toward each other. And, and here I'm just setting that tone because we all know what that means. We have a successful ministry. You're doing people, doing things for God. And then all of a sudden you have a situation over here where you're like, no, wait a minute here. Because we're going to get to a verse that says, 13.4, the marriage should be honored by all and marriage bed kept pure. Well, why is he bringing that up? Because what if in our race that we're running of declaring that Jesus is Lord and we're making, God's making his appeal through us, all of a sudden we're having all this success and then two people within the success, this names are written in heaven, they're they start. They start functioning in a way that's causing people to say, "No, wait a minute here. Whoa, whoa. There's some flirtation. 
Now, no sin has happened as far as, you know, they're not sleeping together. It, it's just that, that question is raised. You say, what do you do about that? Well, at that stage, you address, is this a weight or is this sin? Hmm. But it needs to be addressed because I guarantee you this ministry is not going to continue success if two of the key members are sleeping in the same bed. If we go down that road, that's not going to work. That thing going to fall apart. Right. You see my point? Oh, yeah. So, but so you say, well, what do you do? Well, I say what you do is you have a conversation with said parties because I was asked my advice on what to do about this. Well, you got to sit down and have a conversation yep. and remind everybody, no, there may be nothing to it. You don't know. I mean, I don't. I have yeah. no idea what's going on. But it is a potential thing, but it doesn't look right. And you go into a room and you have a conversation. Now, if they say, well, what are you trying to say? What are you accusing me of? No, you're just saying, look, we want the train, God's train, moving forward. And we don't have time to be distracted by this. But we all know how men are. If you're around a good-looking woman, we know that there's a possibility for temptation there. If you're spending a lot of time with a good-looking woman who's not your wife, well, you got to proceed with extreme caution at that stage. <laughs> but so, you're right, because you know what the greatest uh, answer to darkness and potential darkness is? More light. So yeah. we, we want to we shine exactly. truth more. And you're right, sometimes you got to have that conversation. Let's take another break. Well, I said all that to say, and Al knows, you usually know... When this confrontation that I will not be a part of, I just gave advice. But when this confrontation happens, you usually know within 30 seconds, based on the attitude of all parties involved, yep. which way this thing's headed. That's exactly, That's exactly right. Because right. if somebody came to me and said, look, I want to give you some advice, you know, because uh, I'm trying to, I have preventive measures to keep that from happening. I don't even want to be alone with another woman. I never would That's be. That's not yeah. my wife. You know, it, I'm, I'm. That's right. Keep, but I realize some people are in work environments where, you know, these things happen. And look, they make it work to God's success, not, you know, their own. But, but you're an idiot if you're, if you're saying, oh, oh, I got that. I don't have a problem with that. No, you have to be guarded against potential things that happen. Like I just not had, even a, you know, any, not even a hint. Which is what he's talking about here, because well, you're right. That's when the weight can become the sin. But well, Jason, and, and and I'm just making the point that I'm not didn't didn't just create that out of my mind. It says and the sin that so easily entangles. I'm trying to define. It's so easy. I mean, you're yep. literally walking, you know, in a room, close the door, and five seconds later, you can completely destroy your marriage, your yep. kids' future. Your, their right. marriage, their, a ministry. I, it's so easy, just bam, you put yourself in a bad situation. Yeah. It does help with age. Well, age, well, wisdom. By the maturity. time you get my age, 76, you, you look at it <laughs> well, <laughs> and you say, yeah. But, Dad, you know what? You, you would be shocked. I, I mean, you're speaking from your own experience, but you would be shocked at how many people I've had to talk to, some of them people that, you know, have made a big difference in my life that waited till they were 62, 65, 68 years old. Now through the internet, cause it's so easy, connect with an old high school girlfriend, connect with some person from college. And next thing you know, people that have spent their whole life honoring God and their marriage and they have kids and grandkids will walk away from it. 
because of something, so, as Jason said, that's not so even real. easily entangled. Yeah, so even age, you're right, it helps in yep. some ways, but if, if it's not spiritual maturity going with it, then you're... Well, and we're not saying the obvious. Now, when he says this in the text, you know, the things that weigh us down, we got to get rid of them and, and watch out for the sin that's so easily entangled. You're always going to deal with that. You're never going to reach a point, you know, you may get a point in your age where the sexual sin is not... Prop, but, but you could there, still emotionally be bond. some other yeah as the the spiritual warfare of your own battling your sin or somebody else's is never going away that's no. right. that that's that's a daily thing and i think that's why it's stuck right in the middle of all this great news i mean yeah we're running the race and but it's the same reason we have hardship but i'm saying all that the answer was so we fix our eyes on jesus and uh you know when i was given missy uh the epiphany about this, these things that are successes that beca- that are blessings of God that can become weights. Uh, she said, you know what that reminds me of? She's like, uh, when Tom Cruise is in those, and she's mentioned this before to me, in those uh, Mission Impossible movies, I don't know if you ever know this about Tom Cruise, he runs awkwardly. And when, when he takes off running, yeah, it just looks awkward. And I never could figure it out. And Missy explained this to me, and I was like, you're right. Every body part is moving in a different direction as he's running, except one thing, his head never moves, he's so he, which is what makes it look so awkward. So he'll run next time you see a Tom Cruise movie. And he's I, always running in every one of them. Oh, he's run. You know, does I haven't his, seen Tom Cruise movie in a while. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> he says he's pretty good at driving jets. So but he, know. but his head doesn't move, and I, I think he just, you know, he came up with that as an actor. He's like, you know, I'm gonna run with everything I got, but I'm gonna stay focused because he's trying to present an image, you know, as an actor, and yeah. uh, and he does because he's always time. running because it's an impossible situation that he's said, gonna make. But possible. she said that's the same thing, you know. He, he that. The Hebrew writer was discussed. You, you're running a race, and the word I said this last time. This fix our eyes on Jesus. I mean, it's a word that is, I don't think it's used anywhere else. It's a, a Greek word for look here, but it's like a stare. Well, it's hard to stare at something when you're running. I mean, just think that—that that was the point I was getting at, because <laughs> everything's moving so rapidly as you're running. But that's basically what he said to do. You're running a race while and every part of your body is, you know, trying to run as you are sharing Jesus and you're involved in these conversations and various ministries and different things in your life. But you're staring at Jesus. I mean, ultimately, if you want to know how to overcome this daily sin in your life or whatever vice or, you know, the weights that come, ultimately, that's the number one thing. This staring at Jesus. Now, whether that's reading the Gospels every day or, you know, setting your mind on things above Jesus at the right hand of God, I think it's more the experience of thinking about how Jesus is, what he he did, but what he's doing now, but reading that in the Gospel. But I think it's also experiencing that in your everyday life as you're trying to you know, make him known. I, I think that experience itself makes you realize, oh, this is what Jesus was doing. 
I see this happening in my life. And then all of a sudden it makes you more confident in dealing with your sin and having the right perspective when the success comes your way. Yeah, I was thinking about that, Jason, on the, the sin that so easily entangles. Some of the other versions said sin that clings so closely, meaning that it's just always, you know, it's and people talk about that. Well, I've struggled with this for X amount of time. But that's the thing. I mean, only only God's going to be able to deliver you from that. I mean, it, when we when we go back to us trying to do it, we, we keep falling short. And that's what he's talking about. That's where the race has to. And Jesus is the only way to do that. Um, I, I was thinking about this verse in Isaiah 5. Uh, Isaiah, just the way he phrases this, woe to those, 518, woe to those who draw sin along with cords of deceit and wickedness as with cart ropes. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea that I'm just, you know, and that's kind of that weight too, Jason. Well, you think in the new era he was saying, which is what we're in now, you know, Jesus said, go out into the whole world. The danger of that is if you go out into the world and you don't have your guard up against your own sin that could happen, I mean, the world's a filthy, sinful place. It is. And so I think that indirectly, I mean, it, it would kind of be the analogy would be if you went to a hospital where they said, okay, all these people in this room have this rare disease that's highly contagious and that'll kill you. But you say, you know what? God has called me to go minister to them. Well, there's a pretty good chance that that's going to be your last ministry. Because yep. you're going to go in there and you're going to help them and your heart was right, but you're now are, are leaving yourself open to be contaminated and and die. Yeah. And that's just the just on, a, that's uh, the honest uh, fact. And just I just below there. Hang on, Dad. In other words, hang on. Let's take our last break. The question keeps cropping up, Al. You've heard this many times when you're speaking with people who are struggling. They fail to understand they need, why do bad things happen to good people? I mean, I didn't deserve this. I don't know why. How come this happened to me? The Hebrew writer makes an interesting, but I mean, it is profound. Endure hardship. You know, things are pretty tough down here on planet Earth when you live a life, you know, focused on Jesus. But if you look at it, endure hardship as discipline. I mean, part of the, part of the disciplinary uh, procedure is to say, never say, one, well, why do why'd that happen to me? I mean, you know, is God trying to... He's trying to help you. Trying to help you. So look, I mean... That's why you, I said the success... Discipline is required. Yes. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by a father? If you're not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline... Then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we've all had human fathers who disciplined us. We respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the father of our spirits and live? So it does require uh, any way you want to slice it, a godly life in Christ Jesus. It does require discipline on the recipient's behavior. It just, it's just got to be there. Phil, just take a kid and give him everything he wants at all times and let me know how it turns out. <laughs> well, I think that's God's point. The, these weights that come up are successes and blessings we get. Well, a lot of times you, you don't get successes and blessings and you're like, well, why? Because God knows you can't handle it. That's right. you, you know, so you, I mean, 
we talked about our own. Why did that happen to me? That didn't right. have to happen to me, you know. And God would say, "You need to grow up. You need to. You, you need, need to, to trust me. You need to grow up and trust me." That's it. And, uh, and well, quit, you remember the last. Quit flirting with your secretary. <laughs> yeah. That's why you going? Th- you see what I mean? It's yeah. like oh, you're yeah. putting yourself in situations, and all of a sudden, God disciplines you, and you're like, "Well, I don't know why God did that." Oh, I, he. You know why he did it? Because at the heart of who we are, if we really dare to look. It's kind of the time, like the time when uh, old Jace and I, we were in the great state of California. And look, we just looked up out. We're seated there. Duck Dynasty's at its peak. We're well known. And we look up, and at the same time, two of these fine little California chicks. Oh, boy. Which came My over. wife does not like this story. And look, I know it. And the wives went nuts. They're standing behind us. And these girls, look, just plopped down in our lap. In other words, I, I just looked up, and there was a woman seated in my lap. I looked over Jason. There's one seated in his lap. Uh-oh. And the wives are behind us, and the fire's coming out of their eyes. I'm thinking, this bunch. I mean, it was just out, out in the open with no shame at all. But, it's uh, a good point and because I didn't handle that well because I, you know, I mean, Missy, she didn't like that. And I said, well, the only reason you don't like it is because she looked like a supermodel. I said, if it had been an ugly woman, you wouldn't have said a word. <laughs> that was a very dumb thing. That's not probably the best approach. She said, no, you should have said no. I mean, you should have done something about it. And I was like, well, I knew the picture was only going to last five seconds, <laughs> you know. And so we would just move on. And she's like, no, you should have said no to that. That was that's. And so it took me a couple of years. The evil say, one just put right in our You're faces. right. She right was right. Faces. She was right. Because it, it made her look bad to be, I mean, I got a supermodel sitting on my left knee, and she's behind me. Yeah. It was too embarrassing for her. Right. Now there's a picture out there circulating. And so more I got to thinking about it, I thought, no, you were right. You were, that, that, that kind of justification leads to bad Sit, you know, future and look, that would go either way. If some yeah. guy was some person that you knew, some actor, somebody, and he says, "Yeah, here, darling, come sit on my lap," talking yeah. to Missy, yeah. and you were standing there, you wouldn't want to appreciate uh, that at all. Oh, It'd yeah. be like, nope, no, nope, we don't lap sit for pictures. No. So the way Job put it, it was just embarrassing because they didn't, without warning. We're just sitting there, yeah. and they just and they're in your lap because normally they stand behind your and next. We were kind of like. I said, boy. Well, here's the way Job put it in Job 31. He said, I don't linger at my neighbor's door. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that because the idea is, Jay, you talked about your secretary. Uh, you know, I think about an office setting and, you know, the person that lingers around someone else's desk that's not their spouse or not, you know, I'm like, you know, bad things are going to happen. But that's, yeah, the that's reason the it's so easy, though, Al, it's like it's so easy to be excited about that relationship when there's no responsibility there. I mean, when you are working with someone, you know, who's not your wife. I mean, I'm looking at it from a male point of view. And they're cute or catch your eye. And they're, well, there's no responsibility. And you can have this this curiosity and this. But if you're spending time, because that's really what is a relationship. It's time spent. So if yep. you're in an environment where yep. you're spending a lot of time with someone yep. who's he not your wife. He ends that little section up exactly. he started with. It's a dangerous situation. He started with all these witnesses of watching the sin easily entangles. Then he ends it up by saying in verse 12, 11, 
level. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. Now check this out, but painful. Later on, however, it produces, now this is what discipline will do for a human being, especially a son or daughter in God, in, in, with living by the Spirit. Later on, though, discipline, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace. Now check this out, for those and this shows you something about how to reach this level where you, you get past that crap. Those who have been trained by it. Yeah. You say, if you're going to follow Jesus, you better get into the training mode on what, what to do and what not to do. And there is a difference. There is good and there's evil in the world. Do good and don't be entitled well, look at the Jesus, the devil's schemes. Look at the Jesus model. He came here. He got 12 fellows. He called them disciples, which, by the way, the word disciple, discipline, yeah. is, is inferred in a disciple. Yeah. Well, And then he went, then he said, we're going to spend three years together, and I'm going to teach you what it takes because mm. I'm leaving you behind to do my and work. Without discipline, well, it's impossible to get it done, Al. But done. he's actually saying, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. And then he's giving you the first example of that is, he's like, now look, in your struggle against sin, you haven't resisted to the point where you shedded your blood over. And the reason he's saying, fix your eyes on Jesus, he had just said that Jesus, who for the joy set before him, which is which was what? Our redemption from our sins. He took the shame of the cross and he, he had his blood poured out on a cross mm -hmm. for our sin. And he immediately flips that around and says, look at what Jesus did for your sin. And you hadn't even shed any blood for your own sin in, in trying to resist it, which is a sobering thought. I yeah. mean, look, he's really attacking the very heart of the matter. He's like, so you put that in context, what we're saying, like at a work relationship, that's not your wife or whatever. He's like, let me tell you what you do. Not only am I saying be on your guard and remember this is a dangerous situation if you come to the point where you got to shed your blood to get away from that situation mm -hmm. you do it that's right that's what jesus did for you don't do it which goes into all these analogies about when jesus said you know if your eye causes you to sin you know gouge it out that well that seems so crazy until you realize that he's saying don't miss out on the grace of god in heaven Whatever you got to do to stay away from this trap. He ends so, it up by saying, don't be like Esau, you know. Right, which we'll get, which well, we'll we'll get, get into. Well, we'll get to later. Yep. All right, we're out of time. We'll, uh, we got one more over time. We'll talk a little bit more about this. I want to talk a little bit about that author and perfecter of faith. I thought that was an interesting yep. thought we didn't touch on. So we'll do that in the overtime. If you want to follow us over and be a uh, Blaze subscriber, go to blazetv.com slash unashamed. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.